What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever peer review episode of the Recommended Experience Podcast. The peer review process, for those of you um, not in the medical field, uh, the peer review process is used frequently uh, to identify and critique any evidence that we have to better help our decision-making process. So for us as three pharmacists and one engineer, we thought no better way to have a review show than to call it peer review. Uh, so we're working with a, a smaller cast today, um, but I'm your host, Matt, today, joined by Tiffany. Hey, everybody. Excited to be here. <laughs> um, so the first ever peer review, we're going to be talking about The Boys. Uh, the Boys Season 2 has released on Amazon Prime. Uh, for those of you that want to watch this or don't like spoilers this is going to be a a spoiler filled episode so close the app close the browser come back when you're ready we'll be here well recorded um but for now uh let's let's do it let's start it um tiffany so let's say hypothetically ariel friend of the show sees this episode go live and she says the boys hmm what is that what do you tell her about it? Yeah, so I would probably pitch it as the boys takes place in like an alternate reality of our United States. And you basically have a system where there are superheroes in our reality. And these superheroes are managed by a corporation called Vought. And this corporation, and when I say manages by this corporation, they basically hire these superhero individuals who have a variety of different powers and manage their, I guess, schedule and their like social media presence and their appearances. So the Vought actually has a almost like a Justice League, if you will. They're called, the group is called the Seven, and there are seven superheroes in their league. And of note, a couple of them, like one is named Homelander, and he's kind of like your Captain America or Superman type. You have the Deep, which is sort of like Aquaman. Maeve is similar to Wonder Woman. And you have A-Train, who is like the Flash. So honestly, there's a lot of DC superhero parallels to this group, which is why I compared them to like the Justice League. And you have a couple of superheroes as well. In season one, there is an opening in the seven because one of their original members retired. The per- The superhero that retired uh, was named Lamp Lighter. And he kind of had like fa- fire abilities. And so basically at the beginning of season one, you have this new up-and-comer superhero. Her name is Starlight. She gets chosen to be added to the seven. And she is has like almost light powers. Um, like she absorbs energy from light and can like shoot it back almost like um, a laser beam or a flash or like a power surge. And oh, I guess a couple of other members in the seven. There's this character named Black Noir that we don't really know much about. To be honest, I wasn't quite familiar with his powers throughout season one. You got a glimpse of him in season two. And then um, in the first season, you had a superhero named Translucent, who was like the invisible man. 
Anyway, so the reason why the show is called The Boys is because there is a group of boys who are very anti-superhero or soups, as they call them. And they're pretty much after uh, Homelander because the leader of The Boys, um, Butcher, is like on a mission because Homelander essentially well butcher believes homelander murdered his wife and so he wants revenge and so the show kind of goes through the process of the boys kind of like hunting down the soups and dealing with them and dealing with their superpowers and you know um the one of the other characters named huey who's one of the main characters in the show ends up having a relationship with starlight sort of to like get into the seven or see you know what kind of have like an inside mole kind of situation in the first season starlight has no idea that she's being used because she ends up developing feelings for huey and it you know it gets real awkward near the end so that's kind of like the premise (laughs) of it um and they go through all these shenanigans and then that the show came out last year and so season, I was really excited for season two. I was a mm-hmm. big fan of season one, mainly because it was very different because not going to lie, the superheroes had a very dark past, very almost like power hungry, fame hungry, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, I'm trying to get all the Instagram followers I need, or I have all this power and money. I can do whatever I want. I can, you know... A-Train storyline was like shooting up this drug called Compound V, which spoiler alert, you end up finding out that (laughs) Compound V is how everyone got their superpowers in the first place. Um, Vought basically paid off parents to inject their children with Compound V in order to cultivate and grow superheroes and so part of the plot in season one was that compound v was released to like the general public to create you know super terrorists in order to mm-hmm. like justify the need for superheroes in the first place so if you create your own villains you become you have the opportunity to be, be the hero mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like very graphically violent and gritty and different than our you know stalwart stalwart like captain america goody two shoes Mm -hmm. um (laughs) other superheroes and stuff so i thought it was very interesting especially to see it from like a corporation's aspect you know like Mm -hmm. like you need to um like go out on this mission and like look heroic and even they'll like fabricate some like issues or or villain moments so that the superheroes can go out save the day and have a good PR moment and they'll even like reshoot their entrance or whatever to make it look good for social media very mm. current stuff very different from the MCU yeah very different like it, it's almost like sickening because Vought I think the person that is over like PR and basically over the seven, but kind of like as a secretary, Ashley. Yeah. One, I hate her character. It's just terrible. Like she just annoys me so much, but like, um, even when they're picking people 
to Four. come into the seven. Yeah. They're like looking at, okay, we got to like really push diversity and like not in a way that like we're wanting to push diversity, but just to like get people's like numbers higher for you as a as a general population. Like, oh, we've we've got to appeal to this or or this because like that's what will get us the most likes and follows on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and it's like very shady and like none of this is being a superhero. It's it's basically just being like a brand to sell tennis shoes or sell, you know, action cereal. Figures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and it's, it's kind of like I was talking to Tiffany a little bit on the pre-show MCU is like expectation. Like as a kid, I wanted to be a superhero. Let's be honest. I still would. Like I'd love to be a superhero. <laughs> like MCU is the expectation. The boys is the reality. Like what would happen actually if superheroes became a thing in 2020, this would be it. Um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. What a synopsis. I I forgot all about almost season one because I did not rewatch. Did you rewatch season one before season two? I did not. But I think I like I watched like a recap video before season two okay. just to get some like information, um, you know, prepare myself because yeah. I was I was really excited. But yeah, I actually forgot until I watched season um, two that butcher thought that his wife was murdered yeah like i forgot that he he thought that she was dead because i just like i had just forgotten about that and then was that in the season finale when he learned that she was alive and being held by Vought? yes yeah that, that was crazy yeah season one ended with butcher basically finding out that his wife was alive and that she had a kid that was the yeah. end of season one, which, by the way, the kid was not Butcher's kid. It was Homelander's kid. Wh- oh, that's one thing that I was actually really excited to learn in season two. Throughout season two, I was like, so was she, was Butcher's wife, was she raped or did she have consensual sex with Homelander because she was starstruck? Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. the, like, the entire time I was like, did she, like, what's going on? Finally, near the end of season two, she told Butcher, like, I was raped by mm-hmm. Homelander, but I have a son now, and I love my son. Right. Oh gosh, that was a, that was a really good story arc. Like, <clears throat> I don't know how you feel. We actually we haven't talked about how <laughs> we feel. I don't think that much um, outside the show. Um, it it had a lot of highs and lows this season. Just to be honest, like I think coming off of season one, um, one. I forgot completely how brutal this show was. Like, how bloody and how just disgusting sometimes this show is. Yeah. I think maybe I was in a different place in 2019 where it was fine to have a show like this. But, like, 2020 has been terrible. And maybe it's just, like, <laughs> didn't hit as right <laughs> as it did in 2019. But the first couple episodes, it took a long time. I, it probably took me multiple days to get through the first few episodes. I think it took me two sitting, like, I, I sat down two separate times on two separate days to finish the first episode, uh, because 30 minutes in, I'm like, this is terrible, what's wrong with this show? Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, what happened from season one, which I thought was one of the best seasons I've seen in a long, long time. And what I found out is that in the first episode, Butcher is nowhere to be found until the very end of the episode. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, he's such a strong character, it's him. Um, But honestly, like, it still kind of sputtered along 
as the season came. And it wasn't really until the halfway mark to where I feel like it really got its kind of identity and it really started to shine. But where it got the first few episodes. Back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I just I I I felt so slow to get back into it. I don't know about you. I think you said you watched the first three episodes when they released, right? Yes. I binge watched the first three episodes because they released on like a Friday and it was I remember reading that the reason why they didn't release all the episodes at once, like season one, is because they kind of um the creative director wanted like the the I guess the feeling similar to Game of Thrones. How like mm-hmm. when you release a show weekly and if everyone watches it you know, the day it comes out, then they can all talk about the same thing versus if you release all the shows simultaneously, people are watching in various stages. You know, some people will binge watch, some people will watch daily, some people will watch weekly anyway kind of thing. So he wanted to create a similar like moment to watching a TV show live. Do you do you like that? mentality like like when we when we're going to be talking about the mandalorian and that's how the mandalorian did it it was episodic one episode a week compared to the standard netflix binge-a-thon a whole season releases at once which one do you prefer so i'm very impatient when it comes to storytelling and i prefer binge watching um i was a kid growing up that i would literally if i started a book and i was really into it i wouldn't go to sleep or eat until i was done with the story like Mm -hmm. i just the concept of like oh i'm at chapter eight i'll put it down now and like Mm -hmm. go about my life like that i've rarely had that (laughs) self-control so i'm not the biggest fan however you know to be honest when the boy so i binge watch all three eps right the following yeah. week when episode four came out, I was like, oh, I should watch that. But it fell to the wayside. Episode five came mm-hmm. out. And then I was like, oh, I can watch two episodes today. Didn't <laughs> didn't do that. And then before you know it, it was over. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't like watch any of it. So I ended up actually binge watching the last five episodes last mm-hmm. week. It's um, perfect. Yeah. So it's kind of like hit or miss for me. Honestly, like you would have thought that I'd be like on my like the edge of my seat on Friday, seeing the episode come out and like mm-hmm. watching it immediately. Um, but yeah, the boys, I guess you're right, Matt. It was just a lot of heavy storytelling. And, you know, I actually really appreciate how the show is only eight episodes long because I feel like that allows for a very like, sig- very um, like specified moments, like intentional. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. Very intentional storytelling. You're yeah. not like fluffing it up with random side adventures or whatever and i i really appreciate the tight storytelling yeah one thing i really appreciated about this and one thing that really pulled it around is that in the later half of the season i felt that that's when the character development really started to happen and maybe that's why i started to see it in a different light because Mm -hmm. i think the first part of the season butcher like his story arc drove the first season. He was a man on revenge and it fit his personality so well. Carl Carl Urban is fantastic. Like a Agree. great great actor. Yeah. Um the first part of the season, now he knows his wife is alive. And now everything in season 1 was almost like for not. Um but 
he now he's looking for her and, and trying to like find a way to keep his wife alive that he's thought was dead for this long and it felt kind of out of place and honestly the way it ended with becca dying i felt like might preserve this series longer like they're already saying that they're going to start recording season three i'm excited to see what that looks like yeah um but honestly it just felt weird seeing butcher not be you know on this vendetta against homelander you know, and all the soups, like he, he had something to lose. And I felt like it made him, um, more vulnerable and which was weird at first. Uh, but then at the very end, like, you know, at the very end, his son, like this is spoil. we've already said spoiler. So I should, I shouldn't even say it anymore. Um, you know, at the very end, Ryan, Becca's son with Homelander to protect his mom killed her. Um, and Butcher was there. Well, I mean, it was a side effect. He accidentally right. killed his mom. It, it wasn't It wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. Correct. But Butcher was there. And you saw that anger in his eyes. Like, almost like a like wild animal in yeah. his eyes. And season one, episode one, Butcher would have killed that kid. But season two, episode eight, like, he protected that kid. He let the kid come behind his back to protect him from Homelander. He walked away with that kid, ended up giving him, which I thought was one of the best moments of the entire series, was when he gave him um, that pendant that Becca gave him initially yeah. and gave it to Ryan for Ryan to go with the CIA. Like that moment made this series, like it just drove it forward and made me want season three. Um and so, like, I start seeing all those characters. I mean, we could go through each character, but I feel like Butcher really displayed some Growth. of the best character development in this entire series. I would have to agree with that. I mean, I just, like, even Homelander kind of grew. A, I don't even know if you could say grew, but, like, he is the actor. <laughs> in the for, wrong way. Yeah, the actor for Homelander is phenomenal. Like, I'm yeah. so creeped out by homelander like honestly every character that was having a screen moment i always thought homelander was just gonna like show up and murder them like i was basically on edge the entire time and honestly like how you mentioned ashley who's like the pr or like Mm -hmm. um handler for the seven i don't know why she has that job she is constantly in fear she's constantly anxious and i feel like ashley watching this show (laughs) um so i'm like girl like they must be paying you so much money to be handling oh, these sure. like people but homelander honestly like when you see him in the beginning just trying to develop a relationship with ryan it's like really kind of sad because like he doesn't know yeah. how but he's also like obviously set up to be this like weird stranger like mm-hmm. to ryan and because like becca has kept ryan very sheltered um regarding the outside world and you know, when Homelander ends up showing up with a new character and new seven member Stormfront, who um, he ends up developing a relationship with, like they both show up to meet Ryan because Homelander's like, I want to, you know, I want to show you something to Stormfront. And, you know, Stormfront, like her background is that she's a superhero that can control like lightning and weather almost and can like shoot lightning out of her hands. You end up finding out in a very intimate moment between Stormfront and Homelander. Stormfront had a daughter um, at one point and her daughter passed away. Like she grew old and died because, 
you end up finding out that Stormfront is a very old character, yeah. <laughs> basically one of the first superheroes that were um, effectively given Compound V and like, you know, like able to hone and utilize her strength. You end up finding out she was a Nazi and that she was married to Vought. Just low-key. Low-key Nazi. Just low-key yeah. Nazi. <laughs> um, which is shown by her racism throughout the entire show. Um, yeah. But she married Vought um, and found it, that founded the company and kind of, it looks like she's been kind of like shuffled around and like given new identities and new superhero names throughout history to maintain like relevance. But anyway, so she pretty much admits she's like, I had a daughter and like, I loved her and like, I had to like bury her of like a decade ago or whatever. Cause she's, she grew mm-hmm. old and died. And then Homelander's like, I have something to show you shows her his son and you see like Stormfront kind of turned more gentle like you see that she also I I mean I kind of get the feeling that she loved being a mother and that mm. she's like oh my gosh like my boyfriend has a son like I can have that feeling of raising a child again or whatever you know what I mean yeah. and like they kind of take off with him when like homelander and stormfront show ryan what he's been missing from the outside world and like you know he does this like tween thing of like mom i hate you why have you been lying to me you know (laughs) kind of and then they like go off together and then you see like them go out to lunch like at a restaurant but then like all these people start surrounding them because homelander and stormfront are celebrities and then you see ryan like freak out with all the people because that's probably the first time he's ever been surrounded by so many people and you see homelander like just saying like okay come here bud let's go like you know Mm -hmm. stay back please and like you know carries him away and honestly that really humanized him for me yeah like he just wants to have a relationship with his son you know he didn't have parents he grew up in a lab he had this weird uncomfortable relationship with the head of um yeah. like what was the head of Vought yeah. during season still well yes still god yeah. uh, with the milk i'm yeah, it's disgusting it's so uncomfortable like let's not even talk about it yeah okay let's stop but like he just wants to have a relationship with him with with ryan Mm -hmm. and so like i feel like seeing that growth there you know what i mean like he wasn't i don't know it wasn't malicious to me it was just like oh i have a kid that has superpowers i want to teach him how to Mm -hmm. use it and hone it and maybe we can like be heroes together kind of thing you know what i mean yeah because i'm sure like i think that he doesn't feel human like i think you know looking more deeper into the human he he probably doesn't feel normal he doesn't feel like he belongs and to have someone that share his powers like that could humanize him and be like, hey, this was all worth it because now I have the son that I can, you know, impress upon. Um, but now let's talk about season three when he develops this relationship with Ryan and Ryan basically says, no, I don't want to be with you and walks away from him. Now Becca's dead. Now Ryan is gone and he is going to, now he has to like save face with Vought and has to play nice with, um, with Maeve and with Starlight. Like, I think he's going to snap and I, I, I don't know how he could get worse from this season. But I know. Like, I think he's going to be like a psychopath in season three and it's, it's scary. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Even more um, of a psychopath. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought Stormfront, like just to play off what you said, you know, Stormfront was excellent for this. Um, like she brought a person that kind of rivaled his psychopath. Yeah. This, I guess. And like it kind of he she was with Bot in trying to figure out how to weaponize compound V and so you know you have all those stories like at the compound with Lamplighter and kind of Lamplighter being banished to kind of a maintenance crew almost like yeah. cleaning up the evidence. Um it just got really deep, you know, Vought in general. Um especially with um one of my favorite um actors I guess especially now, like Giancarlo uh, Esposito. Oh, like, yes. Playing Stan Edgar. Like, man, can this guy do anything bad? Like, he's just so good in everything he does. And he's the, like, most epitome, like, supervillain ever. And then he's the head of this corporation. Like, fantastic. We're also going to see him in The Mandalorian. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Honestly, so with Stormfront, though, like the moment she said white genocide, I literally like you can even see Homelander yeah. go like, wait, what? Like Homelander's yeah. like eyes like twitched. And I was like, Stormfront's a crazy bee. Like, yeah, I mean, she's a racist. Yeah, I literally <laughs> like I I don't even know. I mean, and also I really don't want to condone, obviously, like Homelander raped Becca and this son yeah. is a product of that. And yeah. I hate how this show like humanizes some of those people. Like honestly, like mm. the deep was a straight up a-hole in se- obviously yeah. in season one, he was ostracized and, you know, sent off away because his image was terrible. Rightfully so, but he's mm. so pathetic in season two. Yeah. And I'm just like, why are you making me sympathize with him? Like, I'm so mad yeah. that the writers are so good and the acting is so good. That makes me like, almost forgive him it's like an internal struggle for me yeah yeah it's it's definitely weird you know but um they do such a good job like you can't even blame them like yeah I know. The, like, the moment when homelander when she says white genocide like homelander this blonde hair blue-eyed dude yeah is like shocked yeah <laughs> it's like you should see what we think um oh it's Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, so probably the biggest shock and, and something that I was not expecting at all. Um, they follow this politician throughout season two who yes. is basically saying we need to take down the soups and like regulate them and make them pay for their crimes. Um, I think she's Congresswoman Newman. Yes. She might not be a Congresswoman. Um, she's some politician Newman. Um they she even like has a deal with the church um that was helping the deep along in this way and one of the final scenes is you know throughout this you know series people their heads just explode you know there's a big um, courthouse scene where multiple people's heads explode and we have no idea why i was thinking this entire time that it was one of the escaped um soups that were tested on um because you saw one of the escaped soups was trying to um, was trying to hitchhike, so I thought it was her. Like I thought it was this random person um, that yes. they were going to reveal at the you very mean end. Cindy. Yeah. yeah, and then what you found was that Congresswoman Newman was the person. She blew up the church, the head of the church, his head, while she was on the phone with him, 
And then you saw her, like her eyes kind of hazed over and you knew that she was a soup, this hidden assassin. And I was so shocked that I did not see that coming. I, I, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, did, did you have something similar to that? Yeah. When I saw her, I literally was like, what? Like shut the front door. But then it also like led to a lot of questions. Like number mm-hmm. one, I thought Vought kept tabs on every like soup, you know, cause like mm-hmm. it's compound V they're injecting into babies. Basically we found out in the show, the reason, um, why Lamplighter is relegated to like maintenance crew in this like weird psychiatric facility is that, compound v is most stable when given to babies and they grow up and develop their powers however the compound psychiatric area they start testing giving compound v to adults and they realize that it's not as stable or like the individuals you know i guess are like can't handle it and are like not Mm -hmm. like 100 percent there um like mentally and so, like, the fact that Congresswoman Newman has powers that seem to go under the radar is, like, a little bit, like, it just opens up a lot of questions, you know? Yeah. Which I think that's, like, appropriate amount of questions for season three. Because yeah. I feel like there was a lot of questions for season two. Like, how did Becca, where is Becca? Like, what what have they been doing with her? Um, you know, all these things about Homelander and his past that they've kind of helped explain in season two. So it, it brings enough interest for me to come back to season three for sure and, and see how this story continues or ends or what have you. But I was I was blown away. I was blown away um, to have like this super villain that is completely under the radar. She was playing this like sheep almost next to Homelander knowing that she could probably have killed him that entire time (laughs) yeah and like you know honestly I do have like questions like what's her end game you know yeah like I don't know what her end game is like is it actually to control the soups or is it for her to control the soups or is it like like what if she agrees with needing more soups you know Mm um I think it's just like political gain like she's just she wants to manipulate them rather than Vought manipulating her in her soups. You know, like she's a soup and she doesn't want to be manipulated by Vought. And so maybe she wants to get rid of Vought or, you know, tastefully takes out certain people that will change the narrative from what she wants. Because it looks like she's going up for election um, at the end of season two and you see Huey is actually going to work for her campaign. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting too. Because like Huey, who is like, the most worthless character in all TV. <laughs> like, he's not a soup. He has, he's not gifted at anything. Matt, he's the, like, general public. Exactly. He's the average yeah, like, exactly. dude. He's not, like, a standard protagonist we would see in Hollywood. Like, it's real life. Like, he's just a random dude. It would be me if he's I was the, beta ma- the boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pining after a superwoman type, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. Um but it'll be interesting because he'll probably find something that's suspicious and then maybe, you know, he tells, you know, his boys what's going on and, you know, season three begins. But it'll be interesting. Um, so as we're getting to the end of peer review, what we want to make standard is that since we are the Recommended Experience podcast, we're not full-time entertainment gurus um we do have a full-time job believe it or not um 
we want to share with you what is our recommended experience. So Tiffany, for our listeners at home, would you recommend the experience of the boys? Yes, I would. Um, for with I guess with like a caveat, if you like the superhero genre and you are an adult, because it's very violent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're no over children. The, if you're over the age of eighteen, I I wholeheartedly recommend the boys. Um, very eye opening, and it really brings a lot of things to the forefront. You know, we we mentioned that Stormfront is a racist, and in this time, it's pretty. Like it was very, it mirrored a lot of things that had been happening the last year. Weirdly enough, um, so yeah, I would totally recommend watching the boys. Yeah, I, I I agree. I recommend this experience. At the beginning of season two, I didn't know if I would. I honestly was thinking that it might have just been the wrong time for this to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing how they developed, and I I honestly think that the character development in this tv show between two seasons is pretty good like compared to some other you know sophomore seasons you know i think i think they did a good job the writing is great it is um a very polarizing you know message because i feel like this time in our history with a lot of things that are going on real life um it makes everything very real um so i would say this is definitely for mature audiences um and it can be gut-wrenching. Like, if you don't like violence a lot, then it's probably not for you. Um, but you probably would know that from watching season one. But um, I definitely recommend this experience. I think it's it's a great, especially if you have Amazon Prime, um, it's a great watch. You know, it's eight hours. You can watch it pretty quickly. Um, and it, it brings about a lot of good conversation. Honestly, I'm excited to see what season three has to offer. Like, even more than anything else, I think season three could really explode and, and be something really great too so um i would agree tiffany so perfect awesome well with that we are officially done episode one of our peer review segment uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us you can find us on twitter at rxp underscore podcast or on our email at rxp.podcast at gmail.com thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time Thanks. Bye. Bye.